Hello, everyone. Welcome to WinChat. Here, we discuss different topics on social relationships. Social relationships, according to social science, is any relationship between two or more individuals. So this podcast is not limited to any one type of relationship. We talk about friendship, family, acquaintances, work relations, and more. Thank you guys for joining. Let's get into the episode. Welcome back to WinChat. Our guest today is Lindsley. Lindsley, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey everyone, my name is Lindsley. I would like to start off by saying that uh, I'm a son, a disciple, a big brother, a friend, uh, a pastor, as well as a host of other titles, but that's what I would say as uh, a way to introduce myself. Great. Thank you for introducing yourself. We're really happy to have you. Today's topic is about reaching people outside of the Christian sphere. We'll be talking about where Christians may encounter these people and how they interact with them. Let's jump right into it. Awesome. I have found something interesting. The Christians I've talked to can be found in a few places, work, home, or at the gym. And I hope there's a lot more places than this, but you know, maybe I just need to make more friends. Um, And I think that's great that they're spending their time in these places, but a really good opportunity I came across recently, or not recently, but the past new year was being at a get together. It was really supposed to be a party, but I think it kind of turned into a get together, I think. And I just, I feel like I missed an opportunity to, to kind of do more because of my own fears that I'm not necessarily going to divulge into today. But because of like my own fears, I feel like I wasn't able to seize the opportunity that I had before me, you know, and I was convicted by that. You know, it was funny how I ended up there because, you know, I'd been warned that it may not be, you know, the kind of party for me being that I am a Christian. And, you know, my friends were saying that it, it might get like a little rowdy, you know, and, and I, didn't, I didn't think too much about that warning because they're Christians too. And I've been around their family, you know, they're pretty chill. So my thought pattern was, you know, I've been to one of these events before and it was like, I was hanging out with my own family. Granted, not everyone there is saved and I don't, I don't expect them to be, right? Yeah. They were always well-mannered. So like I said, I didn't think anything of it. You know, no drunk people, there's entertainment, entertaining games that don't involve people doing anything lewd or unseemly. You know, it was, it was civil. And I mean, people were loud, but so was I. You know, it wasn't an offensively loud, it was a party. Mm-hmm. Despite that experience, it begs the question, should Christians bring non-believers into their environment Or should believers be willing to meet them where they are and to what extent? You understand my question? So I'm basically saying for that example that I use with the party, should I have not like heeded that warning and not gone to that party and not been able to like see the opportunity and meet the opportunity? Or should I kind of make it to a point where, you know, somehow once they reach where I'm at, maybe I'm at church or I'm at the gym or I'm home that I do reach out to these people and do try to like share my faith or my beliefs with them. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I appreciate you asking that question. And I think uh, it's a question that uh, every believer uh, at one point in our walk we're going to have to face because if you spend time just studying the life of Jesus and just looking what he modeled for us, we see that it was not an, an either and or, but it was a both and I would like to say. Uh, you know, you think of how the Son of God, he chose to incarnate himself into humanity, right? He took upon flesh and blood. 
he walked like you and I, talked like you and I, uh, as well as he ate. And so in him taking upon human flesh, I think it's a model for you and I, uh, as far as us partaking and going, going to the loss and um, going to their communities, going into their, their own group and, and being a light and salt as well as us inviting them as well, too, to come and do life with us, to come into our territories, to come into the spaces that we're comfortable in. And so uh, in my own personal life, I've been able to experience both, both um, with success uh, on both sides as well. And so I, I want to first and foremost to kind of just start this conversation by saying we, we shouldn't we shouldn't differentiate the two, but rather we should be looking at what contexts and opportunities that God has placed us into. Mm-hmm. And then from there, with discernment, of course, uh, see what the next step of obedience or what that next step of conversation, whatever it may be for that person that's right in front of you. Right. And so that's how I would kind of just lay the foundation for this conversation that, um, again, Christ has called all of us to go and make disciples. And so that's the imperative for all of us to be going to make disciples. The how, he tells us that his spirit would be with us. His spirit is the one that would give us the discernment. His spirit would be the one that would lead us to those fields, right? We see many parables where he talks about the sower going and, and to scatter seeds. And there's different types of soil. And, and so um, the imperative still is for us to go. And so we can say that uh, as a beginning, as far as just the foundation for our conversation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It can be kind of intimidating to talk to people about something as deep as having a relationship with God, wherever you are. And it's, it, it's so interesting because you said something like that. You were saying not to, differentiate, not to differentiate the two, but to keep in mind where is it that God's placed you to kind of seize that opportunity. I like this guy named Ray Comfort. I, and I think you're familiar with yeah. him. You know, he goes to different places in California, I think. And he has conversations with people outside. His conversations are more like an interview sometimes yeah. where he gets people to think. You know, he asks uncommon questions like, do you think you're a good person? And what's your thought on the afterlife? And where do you get that belief from? You know, and then he takes what they tell them and tells them what the Bible says in a way that's just giving them information. Right. And then people are very patient with him, which I think is so great. Um, And it's interesting how he does this because he also uses like the Ten Commandments to have a standard to pull from when he asks people these questions, which leaves people with, you know, their own admission of what they say about Mm -hmm. themselves. And then after his interview, people can go back to the first question that he asked, which was, do you think you're a good person? And then they can answer more, you know, more honestly, which gets them to think about the afterlife again and then ponder, you know, where they are going, heaven or hell. This, this then opens up the door for Ray to tell them about who God is and how he loves them and wants a relationship with them. All that to say, here's this guy that's great at talking to people about having a relationship with God. But I saw him in an interview with Kirk Cameron where he admits he used to have this thing called agoraphobia. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, that is a fear of leaving one's house. And it's really amazing to me because he's just this eloquent man who used to battle this type of extreme kind of anxiety and fear, right? And all that to say, what's your story? How did you become Fishers of Men? Yeah, thank you. Uh, and, you know, the beauty about being a Christian is that God is able to, uh, by his spirit, empower us to overcome some of our greatest weaknesses and challenges. And in many ways, 
enables that to become some of our greatest strength. And I, I see that to be the case for, for Ray, as well as for my own personal walk in life. Um, my temperament is one that's very reserved, I, I would say quiet and, and sometimes shy. But what I've noticed is that uh, ever since coming to the Lord and uh, again, receiving salvation and just having a new heart and coming to know him and to love him, what has happened is that out of that overflow, that empowered by God's spirit, it overshadows my own temperament and personality so much so that I'm, I'm able to be bold, I'm able to be confident uh, and have conversations and go out and share the gospel with, with people. Now, um, having said that, it wasn't something that happened automatically. It was something that I grew into. But what I would say was that the seeds for, for the confidence was placed in me. The desire was placed in me. Or the abundant overflow of love was placed in me. And in my personal time with Jesus, seeing his life and seeing the imperatives and the commands that are there, it did something in me where it led me to ask myself, if I really believe what I'm reading, then I have to do something. If I really believe that Jesus died for me, he was risen, and he's given me a new life, then there's a weight of responsibility that's on me. And so that really helped me to move out of my reserve, quiet, shy, or even cowardice um, mindset or position to one that's wants to obey Jesus's command, that wants to love people by sharing God's truth, that wants to share my testimonies with others and really to be brave and courageous. And so I think it's, it is a process uh, that it is a process that I had to go through. And um, but but it is possible. It is possible for the Lord to empower us by his spirit so much so that our weaknesses and just those various challenges, they become our strength. And so um, you know, um, I can think of so many examples where uh, I, I go out to share the gospel. I'm doing, you know, door to door evangelism. And I think to myself, wow, I, I never could have seen myself doing this 10 years ago or, or seven years ago. But here I am. I'm about to knock on a complete stranger's door and I'm about to share Jesus with them. Why? What 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 has caused me to do that? Well, I have a new heart. I have a new nature. It's not me that's doing it. It's God's spirit in me. And so there's another that's empowering me. And so knowing that has always helped me. And something else that over the years I've developed as someone that enjoys to share the gospel and just to share my faith with others is that I automatically assume just this posture of dependence um, on the Holy Spirit. And so what that looks like for me is as I'm out there in the neighborhoods, and I'm about to knock out a front door, I'm, I'm about to speak to someone, I automatically confess my weaknesses, I automatically confess my fears before the Lord in exchange for his strength, in exchange for his courage, in exchange for his boldness. And so it looks something like this. I'm like, Lord, I'm super nervous right now. Lord, I don't even know what I'm going to say, but I just thank you. Thank you for giving me the words. Thank you for giving me the confidence. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be a fool for you. And that just really just allows me to take my eyes off of myself, off of the moment and just place it on the greater image. The greater thing that's happening there is that, OK, like I'm one with Jesus. His spirit is in me. He's about to do something supernatural. He's going to speak through me and life will be given. Something supernatural is going to happen as I speak to this person that's right in front of me. And I don't need to fret. I don't need to fear because God's spirit is going to speak through me. 
that just brings a lot of comfort. And each time that I find that I do that, man, it just takes one conversation, one conversation. Once that first conversation is done through, I'm ready for the next one. I'm ready for, to go for the next guy or the next person that I, I need to talk to. And I just, you just get this rush, this excitement. And oftentimes it echoes. So if I'm with a brother and, and they see that it's a oh, wow, like Lindsley, he's having conversation. Next thing you know, they start to have conversation. And so those are some, some of my experiences, if I can just share briefly on that. But I'd like to give the context. This does not happen overnight. For some people, it does happen. But for me, this was definitely a journey um, as far as growing and confidence and boldness to the point where now uh, my ability to have conversation with people, uh, I'm excited. I look forward to it. And um, again, always in that posture of dependence and uh, trusting for, for, for the words, trusting for the scripture, and even the heart posture to be given for those conversations. Yeah, that's great. It's So you said a few things that kind of stuck out to me. Sure. One, I just want to say it's amazing that God can bring you to a place where it can kind of take the attention off of yourself and really put the attention on him. Yeah, I think that's a like a great like selfless act that God can like, you know, produce in us. Um, you mentioned that. And I, I just I just thought, you know, it's really it's a really hard thing to actually not think about or not focus on how you're feeling and what you're going through, you know, your own personality. So I, I think that's pretty, a pretty great thing. And then you, you said something else about God's spirit overshadowing your own personality. Right. So you, you mentioned how you feel you mentioned how you would feel um, certain like feelings about like what you were able to like kind of do for God. And then you kind of and then you said that, you know, God's spirit overshadows your personality so that he's the one that shines and comes through. And I think that that's so interesting because <laughs> I, you know, I've shared this story before and, you know, it's a it's a funny story to me now that I think about it. Um, whenever I tell the story, it's, it's something that's so funny for me. There was a time where I was dating my, you know, my husband, then yeah. my boyfriend, then he was my boyfriend then, but he's my husband now. And he, um, I met him as this guy that was, you know, that talked about Jesus, that talked about God. And we were in high school and I just, I'd never, you know, seen that before, but it, it wasn't necessarily the initial thing that drew me to him. Or when I say him, I mean, God, it wasn't the initial thing that drew me to God. Um, the initial thing that drew me to God was, you know, experiencing God, going to a church and, you know, you know, he, he, he drew me in through the love of my, my niece. Right. And so, you know, going to her christening and hearing the gospel, hearing who God was and how he loves me, that drew me to God. But the, the story that I, that I want to get back to mm -hmm. is when I met my husband, he was this person that talked about the Lord. He talked about God. He talked about who God was and this. That was just who I knew him to be. And so much so that once we, you know, kind of got out of that friendship zone, we, we started, you know, becoming more than friends. Yeah. I wanted to know more about who he was. I wanted to get to know his personality. And I found that it was hard to do that because he was so um, in love with God and everything that he did was putting God forth and bringing the attention on God that it kind of became frustrating because I was like, I, I want to know who you are. I know who God is. I've gotten to know who God is and I'm going to continue to get to know who he is. But I want to know who you are. Who are you? You know, and, and, I, and it's always a little funny story that I tell because I'm like, <laughs> because I think it's great that, that, that God can have that effect on you. 
Um, but I think sometimes, you know, we ought to be careful that we're not allowing people to see who we really are because, you know, of this idea that we have to only be, and I, and I had this conversation in, in a, in a recent podcast, um, that may come out either before or after this, I'm, I'm not sure yet, but, <laughs> um, I had, I had this conversation in, in another podcast where we were just thinking like some, you don't, you don't want everything you don't want every single thing to say, and you can tell me what you think of the, ab- sure. about this, but you don't want every single thing that you say to be always, you know, about God and, you know, you know, just like, like you want it to be. We're not saying you don't want it to be like you want there to be roots of Christ in your speech and in your acts and, you know, just how you love others. But you don't want it to be so much so that people, you know, kind of start to feel like, you know, you're kind of like this fake person that they can't really reach and get to know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so what's your thoughts on that? Because that, that was just something that we brought up. And it's it, it would be interesting to hear a pastor's pr- perspective. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And uh, just knowing both of you guys are very close, uh, I think it lends me a little bit of credibility to speak unto that. And. And, and maybe it may help to differentiate just those two experiences and something that I, as an outsider, may uh, may have just noticed is in that context of friendship, moving into relationship, it, it may have been super helpful uh, for uh, your your. your your friend of interest slash boyfriend, I don't know, whatever title yeah. you'd like to use, right? No, no, no. We, it, it may have been super helpful for him to create that boundary where uh, what he portrayed, what he allowed to be the first stage of communication with you was his love for the Lord, his love for evangelism, and, and in a way, sheltered himself, in a way, protected and guarded his heart. Um, before allowing that next much more intimate stage to take place, right? And so that may be a portion of it, right? Just that guarding the heart or um, just that that may be a portion of it. But I definitely have to agree with you as far as not allowing, um, again, this sense of religion, this sense of really just religiosity just to hinder us really from being light and salt. And, 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 and so... What for me, what's, what's always been helpful for me whenever I'm in conversation with people and, um, you know, I learned this early on, I, I wanted to become a lover of people, right? Like I genuinely want to love people. And what that means is that I have to learn to listen to them. It means that I have to learn to get to know them. I have to learn to get to know the things that they're interested in. And in many ways, I, 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 I allow them to invite me into their brokenness, into their stories. And then from there, it, it really gives me a bridge. It gives me a direction as to how I'm able to shine light, how I'm able to speak life, how I'm able to share Jesus into it rather than bringing my own agenda. Uh, again, contexts are really important. If I'm out there, I'm sharing the gospel. I have an agenda. Um, I'm here to share Jesus with you. However, if the context is very different, uh, maybe I'm, I'm at a gathering with friends, families, or, or even I'm at the gym and someone's just talking to me and just telling me about their brokenness, about something that happened in their life. I just listen, uh, hear their stories, ask questions, like be super interested in them, learn their language, the things that they like. And so build bridges into people like people, people, something that I, I learned earlier is that people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Oh, wow. That's a good, that's a good statement. And I think in the Christian circle, out of our zeal for the Lord, we have missed that. We have missed that. 
I used to miss that, where I would be so focused on letting people know how much I know about the Bible, how much more that I know that, that more than they did, that I, I missed the caring portion, right? And we see in Scripture, Scripture calls us to, again, Jesus came, to, he, Jesus came and he brought grace and truth. And we have to find balance in these contexts. We have to find balance. And I, th- I think this is where, again, being and commission with the Holy Spirit is so, so, so important. Like, as I'm in conversation with this person, which side, Lord, are you calling me to, to be more on? Does this person just need me to listen to their story, uh, their brokenness, what they're going through? Um, or is it a, a context where, Lord, you're calling me to elevate your truth? Mm. You're calling me to share something. You're calling me to hold this person accountable. You're calling me to bring a specific truth that this person needs to hear. I think um, that discernment is really, really important. That sensitivity is really, really important. Yeah, that's a very good point. And so to go back to that, um, I, I, you know, to go back to that just original question, I think that is how in the past, and I'm still learning and growing through, growing through that, but I want to genuinely be a lover of people. And it really starts by listening. And we see Jesus, he did that really, really well. One other thing that Jesus did really well when we studied the Gospels is that he would always ask questions, right? And so as I'm in conversation with people, they're sharing, they're talking, I ask questions, hey, like, what made you did that? Or, hey, like, what do you think about that? Or how did you get there? And, you know, something that I realize is that people, they love to talk about themselves, right? If you're willing to listen, they'll open up. And it doesn't have to right away geared towards the Bible or spiritual conversations. What will happen often is that those basic conversations about family, occupation, recreation, it ultimately will lead to spiritual conversation where where somewhere along the line, something about God will be brought up or something that relates to spirituality will will be brought up. And that's your opportunity. Um, That's your opportunity to share your testimony, that's an opportunity for you to share truth. That's an opportunity for you to probe. And so that's what I've found that has worked for me and, and just my ongoing relationship with people. We want to love people because uh, that's what Jesus did. Uh, he entered into our humanity and he loved us into our relationship with the Father by laying down his life. And so we need to learn to do that by laying down our agendas and just allowing just a spirit to lead those conversations in order for that truth or whatever it is that's for that person that's meant to be shared could be shared. Yeah, very good points. I like what you said about getting to know people and listening to their hearts and them talk about who they are. Or is this a part where you need to elevate truth and, and who God is and tell them something specifically that they need, they need to hear in the moment? And speaking of like loving people and like really getting to know them, you know, what kind of people have you shared your faith with? <laughs> That's a great question. And um, all sorts of people, people that are willing to listen, people that are not willing to listen, people that are outside uh, the, the, the line of faith that we're commonly uh, used to in the West. And so I've, I mean, I've shared my faith with Muslims, my faith with uh, black Hebrew Israelites, my faith with atheists, my faith with religious people, uh, my faith with people that, um, you know, they believe in voodooism and so forth. Uh, my faith with people that they're in some 
variations of Christianity. And so, um, and, you know, um, it, it, it varies. It varies. It varies as you go, right? Jesus tells us as you go, you go and make, as you go share the gospel, make disciples. And so as I'm going, you're going to bump into all sorts of different types of people. Yeah. You know, all sorts of different types of people. I mean, one of the, one of the hardest, one of the hardest sharing slash attempt to share Jesus that I can think of, and this is, it still breaks my heart, is with um, this, this old, older gentleman named Melvin. I love Melvin. He's an atheist, hardcore Jewish, Jewish background, yet atheistic, um, that every, every one of my efforts, uh, I've gone to his house, uh, hung out with him, have conversation. He shared his life with me, he showed me pictures of his wife, his kids, and I mean, I've shared a portion of my life with him and um, with various of them to, to share Jesus. Again, till this day, Melvin, Melvin has not, um, to my knowledge, has not responded to, to the gospel at all. But we have conversation. He knows me as Schneider. That's my nickname with him. And he <laughs> invites me over. And so, um, but that's part, that's what it looks like to love people. At the end of the day, they do have a choice. Right. Um, and, and we so, definitely don't ever want to take that away from them. We don't know. Our duty is to share and, yeah. um, we just do our part and trust the Lord to do his part. And then they have to do their parts as well. Yeah, that's great. Um, so I'm going to go a little bit back to, you know, the interview about Kirk Cameron and Ray Comfort during the same interview with Kirk Cameron. Ray shares that there are these tracks that someone can buy to break the ice and share the gospel. We have a few of them here. Um, and what these tracks are for people who don't know, it's just like this, you know, it might look like a like a, like a dollar bill or, you know, like a little card, like a little business card. And it's, it's not a business card and it's not real money, but it's an attention grabber. And, you know, people might pick it up or might take it and they might see it. And, you know, it, it's something that tells them about the gospel and it tells them who Jesus Christ is and that he loves them. Right. Um, and, you know, that that's something that he says that he uses to share the gospel, depending on, like, I guess, time or whatever the circumstance may call for. So what are some tips that you've learned along the way about how to share the faith and the love of Christ with others? Yeah, absolutely. And I have used some of those tracks. I actually have some in my car and I think context is big. So if I'm out, maybe at a parking lot and I'm just sharing again, um, something like that would be super useful because it, it really just gives me a, a bridge to place something into someone's hand and in a way buy into a conversation or the possibility of a conversation. And so it would look like, hey, like, hey, have you seen this? Hey, check this out. And as I'm handing it to them, I'm introducing myself. Hey, my name is Lindsay. I'm just in the neighborhood. You know, um, is there anything we can pray for you about or, or something? It just allows me to bridge into a conversation. So those are good. Um, as far as the most ongoing type of evangelism that I've, I've, I've done, it's relational evangelism. And so it's in my going as I'm going to the gym, as I'm at work, uh, at the supermarket, um, like those opportunities, they come. And so I, I, whatever the context may be, I, I end up engaging in conversation. And as I'm in conversation, as I'm listening, maybe someone will say something or maybe I'm inspired to say something. And then from there, so it, it's very organic. That's really what I want to say. I, I don't have a, a one size fit all. But what I would say is that there are some basic questions that if you find yourself in conversation with someone that, that are helpful. Um, some that I've used in the past is, hey, like, what do you think about the Bible? Hey, 
um, what do you think happens after we die? You know, I think that's a question that Ray uses as well, too. But some basic questions just to awaken them to a spiritual reality that has always helped. But um, at the end of the day, uh, I just I, I wouldn't give a one size fit all uh, answer. But rather, I, I think it goes back to just partnering with the Holy Spirit. And as you're having conversation with someone and they're sharing, maybe they just shared about um, a family member that passed away. And so as you're listening, you're sharing comfort. Um, maybe you share your testimony. Hey, you know, um, you know, a couple of years ago, my, my aunt passed away as well. And this passage of scripture uh, brought me comfort. You know, like what, what brings you comfort when 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 you're. When you're sad, what brings you comfort when you're discouraged? And then remain quiet. Listen to what they say. Because oftentimes what people will go to is the things that really bring them comfort, whether it's idolatry, whether it's something else, or whether it's some form of religion, some form of spirituality, they'll, they'll, they'll be glad to answer that question for you. Well, you know, like when I'm really down, um, this, I listen to music. <laughs> when I'm really down, I pray. Oh, you, you pray. Tell me a little bit about that. And so anyhow, that's not the best example, but that's something that, um, that that's something that I could easily see myself doing in conversation with someone in a scenario like that. But again, there's a thousand other scenarios, but it really goes back to just us being super sensitive to what the spirit is doing. And then from from there, just us responding to those promptings and just doing it um, confidently and, and trusting that the Lord's going to move. Thank you, Lindsley, for sharing. Why don't you say something to the people who are out there today who may be in a certain place and need to hear something encouraging today? Maybe you could pray us out or, you know, just kind of give them a word. Yeah, I want to go back to what was shared earlier. The fact that um, the Son of God uh, incarnated himself uh, and took upon flesh and blood, became human. And uh, again, he became a servant. And the Bible tells us that he humbled himself to the point of death and not just any type of death, the most horrific, humiliating type of death, uh, criminal's death. Uh, he took upon himself for, for you and I. And in, in many ways, in many ways, it really shows us God's heart towards us. It really shows us how much God really loves us. The fact that he took upon flesh and blood. Uh, he took upon sin. He took upon our brokenness. He took upon um, all of that upon himself on that cross in order that you and I would have a bridge, in order that you and I would be redeemed. Um, just to, to know that, to experience that, and, and to live that, um, to receive that, I think it's one of the greatest truth, one of the greatest blessing, one of the greatest gift that uh, the creator of the universe has offered us, which is relationship with him. With himself and in many ways for those those of us that are on the side of faith uh, uh, we, we really owe it to ourselves um, to share this incredible truth with others uh, and not only that to be a model of it that they would see it not just in our, our, our speech but as well as in, in our lives that Jesus the Jesus that came and lived and died for me he lives in me and I'm going to live that out and others are able to see that. Those that are in relationship with me, they are able to see that. And I think that's, that, that is evangelism in and of itself. Like Jesus in you being lived out, others can see that. Others will be drawn to that. And so um, that's my encouragement to those that, that are in the faith and they're thinking about 
just evangelism and sharing their faith and being a good a model of good light for others uh, and for those that you're skeptical or you're you're not there yet maybe you had negative exposure to religion negative exposure to christianity or some form of the faith um, you know a passage of scripture that that uh, I, I'm, I'm often reminded of it's um, and I'll, I'll just I'll just read it for us real quick is is Acts 17 where um, Paul is uh, is speaking here and he says that and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him yet he is actually not far from each one of us for in him we live and move and have our beings as even some of your own poets have said for we are indeed his offsprings and really what the passage here is saying is that god has allotted the place that you're in right now the fact that you're listening to this podcast the fact that you were born in a specific family a specific place and time um so that somehow Somehow you would find your way towards God. He's not far from you. He is seeking you. He is giving you reason. He's giving you history. He's giving you his word. He's giving you various testimonies that you would come to know the truth. And in knowing the truth, you would come to find life in him. And so my encouragement to you is to continue seeking, to continue asking questions, and to continue to open up yourself, your life, your relationships to others that know Jesus, that know this truth that may be a little foreign to you, um, to see what Jesus has to say. And so that's my encouragement, that you would be open-minded and and see what Jesus does for you as you encounter him. God bless you all. Great. Thank you so much for sharing. I really do hope that this was encouraging to you all. Thank you again for listening, and please stick around for the outro to see how you can get more of my content. Today we talked about reaching the unsaved. Our guest shared his own experiences reaching out to the unsaved, and we explored whether or not Christians should go into the unsaved environment, or if the unsaved should come into the Christian environment. This was a really insightful conversation. Please join us on Instagram at winchat underscore and Facebook at winchat winchat. Please send any questions you want answered or topics you want to hear on the show to winchat21 at yahoo.com. Next week, we'll be talking about differences in family relationships and the influence we may be able to have on our family members. Christian or not, I'm sure you'll gain something from next week's episode. Here's a little snippet. During my first year of my life with Christ, I was met with some opposition from my family, as we just mentioned. You know, my mother, she was Catholic, like I said, and, you know, only go to church where she goes. Uh, Later, um, a family member, I remember there was a family member or family friend. She was in a family member. She was a family friend. I, I later learned and she found out that I, you know, was leaving the Catholic Church and she was not happy with me. Mm. I mean, she's this really old woman. So just imagine like this really old woman and she's like, you know, finger waving, like, you know, you why are you going to the Catholic Church? You should be where your mom is and you know, all of this stuff. And <laughs> I don't know if that's just like a cultural belief mm. because that's just like that whole thing, like being where your mom is, being an only girl and, and I don't know if it's like a protection thing or a comfort thing for them. Mm. But um, I remember she, she would, 
like I was coming down the stairs because like my mom like where how she like where she lived um I was coming down the stairs and I remember her like grabbing me to go to the Catholic church like grabbing mm. my arm almost as to drag me yeah. to the Catholic church and I was like this is ridiculous like why <laughs> and I could totally see you doing that like this is just no if you like what you heard tune in next week to hear more see you later